understand about the Kavana, the kind of intent we have to have when we say Shema. The Atabe writes in Simon Kufnun Bav Sif Base that wherever you find Hashem's name being mentioned too often, poverty is there, death is there, God forbid. And then he says, however, it's obvious that this is not does not apply to a situation called Sheilas Shalom B'Shem. Talmud says that our sages instituted that when a person seeks the welfare of someone else, they should use Hashem's name. So it says clearly that you should use Hashem's name. So the Alter Rebbe says, although it says that wherever you find Hashem's name mentioned, you find poverty, you find death, however, this does not apply to Sheilas Shalom. Now, what does he mean when he says Sheilas Shalom? So let's first Sheilas Shalom. The Gemara says that Boaz, when he saw the people um, harvesting the barley, um, they, they greeted him and he said, Hashem, Hashem is with you. And, that, and that's how the people survived not the custom when they get an Aliyah. And then you respond, Hashem, Hashem bless you. So that's how Boaz responded. He said, Hashem should bless you. So it seems like that's a good thing to do. Now, and, and although it says you can't mention Hashem's name, mention Hashem's name, so then God forbid this poverty, this death, but however, for Sheilas Shalim, for to require someone's welfare, the literal translation of the words, it sounds like oh, that would be okay. However, it's not what it means. It doesn't mean people think, someone asks you, how are you doing? You ought to say, or in Aramaic, in any language, the truth is that it's a big issue. You're not allowed to say Hashem's name when someone asks you how you are, even in English. In the Altarebbe Shochem and before, the Ramah, it says that um, even in German, to say Gimel Alef Test, the Shem to say G O D to pronounce G O D, that is an issue. The author mentions this in the context of the laws of Hidah, um, the laws of thanking Hashem. A, a lot of times, like people, like when we're writing it, like write G dash G. G dash G, is you can write G dash G. That's correct. But what about saying G O D, saying the word? If you actually, if you actually said the letters G O D, that's not a problem. That's a good thing to do. I know the teenagers. Not just the teenagers. And Shulchan Aruch says that everyone makes this mistake. Wait a minute. If someone asks you if how are you, you say thank God. Nope, you can't do it. You shouldn't say it. No. No, you're not allowed to say that. That's that considered. It's considered Hashem's name, and it shouldn't be mentioned. Now, even though you're saying it in English. So the Altima says like this, in Perak Yud Gimel, in laws of in laws of Birch Sanenu. Well Hashem is not a name, it's just, Hashem means the name. But G O D is a name of Hashem. In fact, um, that's why in, in you use an art scroll sinner, um, they translate Hashem's name as Hashem, which is not a correct way to pray. When you're praying to Hashem, you're supposed to mention Hashem's name. But in conversation you could say Baruch Hashem. Where does Atabah say this? You shouldn't say Hashem's name. He says clearly in Berakiyu Gimel Halacha Four of Berachas He says, um, if you were hurt that your a friend was saved from a certain situation, just like you yourself when you are saved from sin, you'll have to say the Bracha of Hagomel. The Bracha of Hagomel is blessed as Hashem does kindness to those who are undeserving. You can say this Bracha for someone else. What if? Um, you're not so happy for your friend. Your friend's salvation doesn't make you so happy. You love the guy, but 
for whatever reason, that your obvious is throw, your love for your fellow isn't so great. You know the, the words of the blessing, but you're, you're not so inspired to say this blessing. So Altebis says, it's a brach levatol, it's Hashem's name in vain. And then he says, if, if you need to say that blessing to say, to thank Hashem for your friend's salvation, um, say it without Hashem's name. You could say, Baruch HaGomel, blesses the one who does without saying Hashem's name. Um, even to say in Aramaic, to say the words, Baruch Rachmana, blesses the merciful one who has done this, Altebis says, although it's just a, a description of Hashem's mercy, but since it's something which is associated to Hashem and Hashem only, you're not allowed to say that. And then he says, also in other languages, in Hebrew, other languages, you have to warn people who always say Baruch Hashem in German, meaning in Yiddish, they say G-O-D or Gimal of Test, although there's no joy in their heart, they're just like, how are you? Oh, thank and they say Hashem's name. So he says it's absolutely, um, it's, it's not okay. It's mentioning the shame of his name, the Batala. Mention name in vain. That's what he says. What if you're happy? Oh, if you're happy, it's good. If you're happy, it's fine. If you're happy, you know it. Well, I don't know about clapping your hands, but you can say Hashem's name if you're happy. But the question is, are you really happy? If you're not really happy, then don't say it. Um, it mentions also in Shulchan Aruch about Yalav Yavo. Unlike um, tonight, the Shulchan Esrei, uh, we say Yalav Yavo. In benching, you say Yalav Yavo. Um, in certain instances, you're supposed to repeat the benching and say Yalav Yavo. In certain instances, you're not supposed to repeat the benching. If you miss al Hanisim, then Chanukah or Purim, you're supposed to, when you get up to the words Harachman, you're supposed to go back and say Harachman, who Yasal, this may the merciful one do miracles for us, and then say the whole paragraph. But you don't say Yalviyave. If, you, if you're saying a part of, of uh, on a day where you're not supposed to uh, repeat benching for Yalviyave, you do not say Yalviyave there at the end of benching. Why not? The Altarist says, because it's not considered such, it's not considered a need to say Hashem, and unlike Alanism, where Hashem's name isn't mentioned, in Yalav Yav, Hashem's name, name is mentioned. It's not forbidden to say it, he says. However, since it's not considered a need to say it, you don't say Hashem's name if it's not needed. And therefore, you don't say Yalav Yav, if you would say Alanism at the end of benching. Uh, you forget it? You don't say it. You don't say it. Well, it You'll see the city. There's, there's Shabbos, there's Shchedesh, there's Yantiv, there's You'll see over there when you're supposed to repeat benching or not, but if you're not supposed to repeat benching, you do not say it just b- because it has Hashem's name. The Rebbe once taught the Nigin, the song, in Yetyen Nikava, there's no one as great as Hashem. And the Rebbe said that they should sing the Nigin without saying Hashem's name in Russian. They should say, there's no one like, no one like him. Instead of saying no one Hashem's name, they should say there's no one like him. However, when the Rebbe blessed people, they will always use Hashem's name. And people uh, wonder, how does that fit? So this is perhaps what the author was referring to when he says that you, you should mention Hashem's name. The Gemara says you're supposed to mention Hashem's name when you greet people. So it doesn't mean when someone asks you how you are, you're supposed to say, Baruch Hashem, you're not supposed to. But when, you, when, when you're giving someone a bracha, apparently you should say Hashem's name. That's how the Rebbe always gave people brachas, always saying, he always used the words, so I think it's okay. I use the words, God Almighty should bless you. Always use those words. And some people think it's okay because they use the word Almighty. But Almighty is also the name of Hashem. As the Alter says that uh, the name Sholem, for example, um, also, it's a name that, for example, you're not supposed to say in the restroom, you can't say the word Sholem in the restroom referring to Hashem. You can't. The other words in English also that refer to Hashem and Hashem alone, you're not allowed to say in vain. Like, 
There's a big question about the word Lord. L-R-D. Are you allowed to say that word? There's a big question whether or not that's included in one of the names of Hashem. But regardless, there's Allah, you're not allowed to mention Hashem's name in a bathroom. So people, um, often if they're in a mikvah, they want to say thank Hashem, they say Baruch Hashem. So the altar actually says that you're not allowed to pray to Hashem in a bathroom. You can't pray to Hashem in a bathroom. Um, it seems you wouldn't be able to say Baruch, B, if people say in the mikvah, they say B-H, but they mean Baruch Hashem, but that's also, it seems, that's also a prayer. It's also a prayer. So I, I think that it's probably uh, better not to say B-H in a mikvah, even though you're not, you're just alluding to your praise for Hashem. Mm-hmm. However, you're not supposed to daven in a mikvah. Mm-hmm. Davening in the water of the mikvah, exactly where you're supposed to be when you're daven. So in Shulchan Aruch, it talks about clear water and uncle- an unclear water, and, and if your heart is above the water, then you are allowed to daven, uh, whatever. But but in the mikvah itself, in the, in the rooms of the mikvah, it seems that it would be better not to say B-H or a hint to your praise, because you're not supposed to daven in the mikvah. Um, even though um, the, whole, the Mugmars is a famous story about David HaMelech, that uh, David HaMelech was in the mikvah, and he was sad because he had no mitzvahs, and he was thinking he was thinking about Hashem, and he was happy that he had the mitzvah of the bris milah. So there is a mitzvah, always love Hashem, have reverence for Hashem, always. There are six mitzvahs that are constant, including the Hashem as well. However, saying something of thanks to Hashem, saying a prayer to Hashem, it seems that's not a good idea to do in a mikvah. Um, so when you bless someone, yeah, that's something else. So then the Rebbe did use Hashem's name in English to bless people. But to, when you, someone's asking you how you are, it seems not such a good idea. Okay, that's what I wanted to say about, um, about using Hashem's name. I want to also discuss tonight, if we have a few more minutes, um, the intent we have to have when we say Shema. Just like this, the Munkach Rebbe, whenever he was served salt on Friday night with the soup, he always was very happy. Why was he happy? I'm not going to get into it tonight, but there's a big question about putting salt in your soup if the soup is not in a third vessel. Not the soup. If, if the soup is just in a second vessel, can you put salt in the soup? So Al-Tarebbe says, if you don't, though it's technically okay, depends what kind of salt, whatever, if you don't, you get a bracha, you get a blessing. Mukhach Rebbe said, wow, we have a choice. Either getting, putting salt in our soup, we got a bracha from the Alter Rebbe. What a great choice. Let's get a bracha from the Alter Rebbe. Let's not put salt in the soup. So in a similar way, I was, I was thinking about um, the words of the Alter Rebbe about the intent you have supposed to have when you say Shema. The Alter Rebbe says like this. You're not, when you say Shema, although Beishamai said you're supposed to stand up. Why are you supposed to stand up and say Shema? Because that's in the Torah, uh, you should say Shema, you should teach it to your children when you're walking on the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. So Shema says, when you lie down, that's how you're supposed to say Shema at night time. And when you get up, it's Shema in the morning. However, the Gemara says that Beis Hillel disagrees. Beis Hillel says, and says the Mishnah, you're supposed to say Shema when you're going on the, on the road, is the way, however you are going, whatever you're doing, whatever you, that's how you should do. If you're standing, you're standing. If you're sitting, you're sitting. Oh, I'll get to driving in a second. I'll get to driving. That actually came up in my mind because I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm picking up my son to school and he's seeing me say Shema while I'm driving and what kind of education am I giving him? And then I was thinking, what kind of education? Is this even allowed? That's, how I got to, that, that's exactly what brought me to this, this question. And I had all the excuses in the world. I'm so busy. Blah, 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 blah. So let me, let me tell you about driving. It's not at all simple. We're going to get to that. But first of all, so the ultimate says like this. You're not allowed to stand up to say Shema. However, if you're walking already, if you're already walking, the Alter says, 
it's you are allowed to stop and stand when you're walking already and say Shema. Not only are you allowed to, you get a bracha, tavila bracha. The bracha should come upon someone who stops in order to concentrate when they are saying Shema. If they want to concentrate, to say Shema, that's a great idea. He says another example of, of a time where you ought to stand up during Shema. You ought to stand up in Shema when, let's say, it's Yom Kippur. There's a custom, apparently, not a custom, that, any place that I know of, that when they said Baruch Shein Kuleim Mechusei Leilam Vada on Yom Kippur, we say it out loud, so people would um, stand up and say it. So although, although in general, we say, not allowed to follow Beishami's opinion, because, because it's not like you're being more strict like Beishami. It, it's like you're saying that there's an incorrect interpretation of the Torah. Beishil says you're not supposed to stand up, you don't need to stand up, because that's, what the, that's not what the Torah means. The Torah just means, say it at the time people get up. But anyways, but if you were standing up because it's Yom Kippur, go ahead. If you were the, if if you, at the time, I guess when if you're the, uh, if you're the, if you're the one who's davening or leading the davening, the chazan. Yeah, you're standing up, right? You're standing up. That's true. That's fine. Okay, so um, so the author says, if you're walking, first of all, you have to stop to say the first pasuk of Shema. And besides stopping to say the first pasuk of Shema, he says, if you stop to say the whole entire Shema, bracha, that's much better. Um, what if right now? That's what you. That's that's just a bracha you get. It's not an obligation. If you're sitting on an animal, the Altarbis says, you have to stop the animal to say the first pasuk of Shema. Uh, and if you are sitting in a Coach, you're sitting in a wagon. You don't have to stop the wagon to say the first pasuk of Shema. I'm not 100 sure the author was referring to a situation where you're driving the wagon uh, or not. But it seems that sitting on a, on an animal is much more harder to uh, concentrate because you have to constantly be aware of what's going on. You're going to fall off the, off the animal. But if you're sitting in a in a in a coach, you're sitting in a you're sitting somewhere. So then, even for the first pasuk of Shema, you don't have to stop the wagon. But it seems that if you're driving the wagon, it might be worse. If you're driving a car, you're going to say the first pasuk of Shema, especially the way our custom is to say Shema, your eyes closed. <laughs> I mean, I, I do know someone, who was in a car accident with his Shem uh, Okay, all right, moving right along. So, okay, here's, here's where we get into a lot of important details. You're supposed to have Kavana when you say Shema, in all three paragraphs, the first, second, and third paragraph. However, you don't have to repeat the Shema unless you didn't have Kavana for the first and second verse. Meaning, if you didn't have Kavana for the first Pasuk, Shema Yisrael, and the second Pasuk, Baruch Shem Kavim Then you have to repeat the Shema. Now we know the Gemara says that's supposed to say Shema twice because it looks like you're talking to two different gods. However, so if you're in Shul and the Chazan's up to Shema, and you now, and you said Shema with a Chaz, and then you realize I didn't have Kavana, you have to repeat it again. So you have to repeat it again quietly, because otherwise it looks like you are praying to someone else, so you can say Shema again, because you have to, because you, you, you didn't um, have Kavana, you said it the first time, but say it the second time softly, that people don't think you're talking to two different, uh, they believe in two different gods, God forbid. Um, if you, you can't also, let's say you had Kavana for the last three paragraphs of Shema, I mean, the, thir- the three paragraphs, you miss Kavana for the first two psukim. Oh, I'll just say the first two psukim over again. Can't do that. Just like the Megillah, 
You're not supposed to say the the uh, psukim out of order. You can't hear the psukim out of order. So too regarding um, uh, Shema, you can't say the psukim out of order. If you don't have kavanah for the first two psukim, you have to go back to start, back to go. Do not collect the hundred and uh, read the whole Shema over again. Okay. So you have to account for the first two psukim. Otherwise, you don't do the mitzvah of Shema. But there's also something special with the first paragraph of Shema. The first paragraph of Shema, it says, you're not allowed, this is what I was thinking about this, I went to pick up my son, and I drove up to my house, and I wanted to beep for him to come out. And I was thinking, am I allowed to beep? So it says, when you say Shema, you're not allowed to move with your eyes, you're not allowed to hint with your hands, you're not allowed to do anything, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to like, signal someone. So yeah, I'm signaling, signaling him to come outside. I want to beep the horn. Am I allowed to? Forget about, is it better to or not better? Are you allowed to? So Altarbe says that the, for the first paragraph of Shema, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to move your hands and your, and, or your eyes, you know, and it seems you don't want to beep your horn either. You don't want to beep because what's going to happen? You're, 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 you're hinting to someone to come. And why can't you? The Torah says, Vidibartaba. You should speak about them. The Chacham say, make this something important. Make this something chronic. Make this something permanent. If, you, if you're moving your eyes around and your fingers around while you're saying the first paragraph of Shema, so Altarbe says, it, Hashem says about this person, you're not talking to me, Hashem says. You're not talking because it looks like you're just, you're, you're, talk, you're not focusing on me. If you're talking to Hashem, you wouldn't be moving your eyes and fingers around. But that's only for the first paragraph of Shema because the first paragraph, and even for a mitzvah, for a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah, you have to go to school, right? But even for a mitzvah, you're not allowed to interrupt the first paragraph of, of Shema to hint anybody. Because the first paragraph talks about accepting the yoke of Hashem. However, that has to be permanent, the first paragraph. However, the Gemara says a story about someone, a student of the Torah, a student who was reading the, uh, a Mishnah incorrectly, and he quoted, um, he's quoted Zechariah ben Kafutal. And his teacher was in the middle of the second paragraph of Shema, and he interrupted, tried to tell his student, you read it wrong, that's Zechariah ben Kafutul. His name is Zechariah ben, anybody know? Zechariah ben Kavutul. Why was he able to interrupt, interrupt it? Because it was the second paragraph of Shema. But the first paragraph of Shema, even though it's a mitzvah, teaching how to say the Mishnah correctly, he's not allowed to interrupt it, because even for the sake of a mitzvah, you're not allowed to stop in, in, in order to do a mitzvah. You can't make a hint even for the sake of a mitzvah. Just to conclude, um, if you're working, the Altarist says, to stop working for the first paragraph of Shema. Even you're paying it and paid by the hour, and every second is precious, you're getting paid for it. You have to stop working to say the first paragraph of Shema. I'm just thinking how much more so us, you know, like we're not getting paid exactly every minute of the day, and you're not working right now, and, and how much more so you should stop doing what you're doing to say Shema. Um, people who are um, in the top of a tree and they don't have to come down from the tree to say Shema, however, they should stop working when they say Shema. That last halacha in this section of Shachlar Sim the says that a, um, someone who's a porter, he's a porter and he is, um, has something to put down, something to pick up. You're now going to put down a load or pick up a load while you're saying Shema. Um, because that will you you won't be able to be won't be able to concentrate. Um, so you ought to you ought to say Shema while on your shoulders, but don't start saying Shema while you're putting it on or while you're taking it off because the, you are not able to concentrate. What about the Amida? 
the Amida while you're driving. Um, it's a different, different, different subject. Mitzvahem will uh, get to that subject Mitzvahem uh, next week. But it basically, um, um, we'll see Mitzvahem. Just say one more point about 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 driving. I wanted to mention that although I'm saying it's much better to stop and to uh, focus on what you're doing and not to uh, move around while you're saying Shema. Um, it's possible that a person is, is not able to concentrate because they're so um, um, because they're so so um, disturbed by their delay and they they want to really get somewhere and so um, you have to really know what's going on in yourself to know is this going to help you have kavana or is it something that's going to disturb your kavana so that's why it says that when you're walking um, you're technically only have to stop with the first first verse. However, as Abu Yisrael says, it's tavla bracha. If you're able to uh, to stop and focus, that's obviously the, the best uh, best thing to do. I want to find actual words. Al Rebbe can't find it right now. He said that that it depends on the situation um, about stopping to um, to be continued. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. I meant one more lucky mentions here that you should wake someone up if they're sleeping um, to say Shema. They should need to say they need to say the first pasuk, the second pasuk with Kavana. They could make sure they're fully up for the first Upsukim. and the rest of Shema they could say while they are asleep. <laughs> Uh, as long as they say the words. All right, so stop here. Okay.